you think of the joys of life, you know, whatever it may be. Is it the gym? Is it your kids? Whatever. But if you really break down those three letters in that in that word, it's J O Y. Jesus is first. O is others, and Y is yourself. If you put yourself first and put Jesus and others ahead of you, you'll have a, a much better life. Hey guys, you are listening to the Glock and Doc Audio Encounter. My name is Sadie Patchen and I'm sitting here with Dale the Doc King, Tim the Glock Glockner, Jambox Joe, and Mike Butch Glockner. Good morning, boys. Good morning. Good morning. How you feeling? I'm feeling great. I worked out with 225 on the bench <laughs> all weekend long. Tim, how was your... Did you bench You think I don't want to bench 225? We're we're going after this domestic. It's we're on good. right after this. We're yes. maxing well, out. I'm glad. Uh, and, and I want to change pants. into your Lulu khakis before you <laughs> got put two Lulu navies on. Two on the bar. Lulu navies. You got it. We got this. All right. Well, from the sounds of it, we all had a, a pretty good weekend and excited to get. So we've got some listeners who are also getting after it. Uh, with their questions online. Thank you guys and, so much. Yeah. And they're all benching 225. <laughs> Especially this first listener. I know that he, he's benching 225. Okay, so we'll go ahead and, and kick this thing off. Um, you guys ready? Yes. Yes. Have you prepared? No. No. Perfect. Okay, this is exactly what we wanted. All right, question one. Looking back, can you guys recall a time that you failed at a task or a goal? And how did you overcome that failure? No. (laughs) Sadie, next question. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. No, seriously, we don't know. No no failures? No, nothing? I think, uh, yes, there's all kinds of times. I think a lot of people get that. When they when they talk about failure, it's a it's a misconceived thing in their in their head. So should I? I'm afraid to do this because if I fail, mm-hmm. or what will my parents think? What will my family think? What will my friends think if I start out on my own and I fail? Um, and, and if that's kind of what's going through your head, you're essentially you're living in a fear based world um, because there's there's going to be two things that's going to drive you. Are, are two essentially it's going to be positive or negative, um, fear or love. Mm-hmm. That's that's going to drive you to to make make a decision or, or perform a task. Um, so you really have to ask yourself what are what are you really afraid of? And if you're afraid of failing, that's okay. Um, failure failure is a big driver, but mm-hmm. are you more afraid of what people will say? Right. If you take on something and it doesn't work out. So I heard this, Gary Vanderchuk, you got me turned on to this, to his podcast. Something that he said that really like struck, struck me was 
Name something extraordinary that's happened as a result of a positive action. So most of the times, like in business, sometimes things are the result. Something great is the result of something really bad having to happen. Mm -hmm. And if you're afraid of those bad things happening, you might be missing out on something great. Mm -hmm. So can you guys think of a specific time where you failed at a goal or a task? Yeah, I've I've failed all kinds of times. Um, Just specifically in the business world, there's there's two examples. Um, When we started the gym and everybody like wanted t-shirts, so... I've been trying to sell t-shirts for the last seven years and that's gone all the way from like thick ass, a hundred percent burlap shirts with like Mm -hmm. ink, like brick based screens on them. Didn't you make the first one on PowerPoint? Yeah. So I, my first quote unquote design, I, uh, I pulled stuff off Google Images because, of course, I was working for the government at the time, which meant I had all kinds of time and I was a PowerPoint ninja. So I stole, I would take images off the internet and then cut and paste them together, put them on PowerPoint so I could like draw arrows and all this other kind of (laughs) shenanigans on there. And then I sent it to a screen printer to be made and worked out in the shirt and like damn near suffocated myself on the quality of the shirt and all that. So that was like step one. So then we started selling shirts, and then it was just a matter of trying to find, A, the right kind of, you know, the tri-blend shirt, and then the right printer, and the right designer, and, like, typically with most things in my life, I ended up getting pissed off and said, I'm going to fucking do it myself. So, Sarah Mock and I, who's actually extremely talented at logos and design, went together on a design (laughs) company... And the only reason we opened a design company was that so we could have wholesale access to, <laughs> to t-shirts. So it was a complete like shell company um, because she wanted um, to be able to access that stuff so she could sell the guys. Not really sell, but just provide the guys at, uh, at AWF. So we went in and we bought a $1,000 press. So if you have the blank shirts and you have the... Um, it's the heat press, right? It's the heat press, yeah. And it's you have the press. transfer. And- yeah, the transfer. So you can outsource online somewhere. If you have the logo, go to whatever company, and they can send you back the design and all that stuff. So I'm like, yes, finally. some like I, can, I am now in control of my own destiny to make <laughs> any shirts, and I can do any like custom logo designs, da-da-da-da. <laughs> well, the problem with that is I had no clue what the hell I was doing in the shirt game. Um, but I had a thousand dollar press. So we started printing them out ourselves. I started printing them off myself and I quickly realized I am not designed to be a shirt printer. <laughs> um, cause if you want, you got a hundred shirts, let's say, well, you calculate the time it takes you to, to get the shirts out, make yep. sure they're perfectly. Ang- we just had one print, one little, basically kind of looks like a waffle machine almost. Mm-hmm. And uh, make sure the shirts are perfectly square. You get one go. And the design. You get one go yeah. on the shirt. And yeah. then, like, my dumbass had shirts upside down. Then I would have the shirt inside out. And the, the graphic would be, I'm like. Not worth it. So I'm like, okay. So we did that for a little while. 
and I had this, you know, ingenious plan of how I was going to save all this money and then, you know, potentially even like, oh, I've got my own press now. Now I can be in a t-shirt game. Very long story short, the press is now collecting dust <laughs> up in the attic. And we outsource all and we, <laughs> we outsource all that stuff. Yeah. So in the eyes of many, that was a complete and utter failure. Mm-hmm. So this was 2000, I don't know, 13, 14, maybe. I can't remember. Well, everything I learned from that quote-unquote failure has now been lessons learned wrapped into third and quarter. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know what it takes. I know the design. I know the shirt quality. I know um, I know a little bit about that business. Not very much at all. Um, and from all that quote-unquote failure did you ever think and like the anger and you know that must have built up just by doing all of that did you ever think you'd want to own your own no t-shirt company after that no no i i wanted it no be far away from shirts there was i wasn't when i was printing shirts i was not thinking one day i'm gonna have my own (laughs) apparel company i just wanted something to reduce cost right um but the point of all that is like you can't be scared to go buy that thousand dollar or that five hundred dollar or <clears throat> go start your own thing, mm-hmm. um, because you, even if it what's you always have to look at. Okay, if I if this thing just completely fails, what is the absolute worst case scenario? Right. Now for different ventures, that's that's different. We're talking different. Uh, yeah, I'm excited to hear levels of risk. I'm excited to hear about an experience with you, Tim, in the car business. <clears throat> Well, I think we had been, or I had been in business for about 13 years or something like that when I got uh, confident enough to step out and, and, and buy another dealership, which we hadn't, hadn't done for decades. And there was a small store about a half an hour away, a little Ford store that I had my eye on. And I think Mike thought it was probably not a good idea, and he was probably right looking back. <clears throat> but... Uh, we started negotiations with this lady. Uh, she had lost her husband. She was negotiating this deal. It was the first time we'd ever, I'd ever negotiated a deal like that. And the mistake was we let, or I let, the rumor get out, and their employees found out about it, mm. which caused pandemonium <clears throat> at that dealership. Um, and then to make bad worse, Dad and I went on separate vacations, and they happened to be cruises, so we're without cell phone oh. coverage for a week. So we leave. So we leave our accountant to negotiate with their accountant, and wasn't their fault. wasn't our accountant's fault because he's a super sharp guy. We've mentioned him before. Um, but in the end, what what this widow wanted was uh, they had been in business for ninety eight years. Wow. Long t- long time dealership legacy store like ours. And she wanted their name to stay on the dealership for two more years so that I could hit a hundred, a hundred mark. Oh, wow. Um, so she knew it was time to get out, but she still, <laughs> in her mind, she, she wanted that for her family or for, for her, um, husband who had passed. We didn't, uh, didn't see that coming or didn't think of it at the time. So made several mistakes and didn't end up getting it. But about a year later, I got a call from a broker for a, a Ford store that we never considered to, in the opposite direction, just for whatever reason, never considered this store. 
we learned all those lessons and uh, kept our mouth shut and were confidential and negotiated the deal and it all worked out and the store has done super well for the last four years which gave us confidence to acquire a couple more stores that's awesome yeah. so from that initial lesson from that initial failure mm -hmm. would you have been as successful Oh, if we would have, if we keep, we've said it over and over, if we, if we would have ended, ended up, up with the first store, store I don't know that we would have, where we would have been, because it was a store that didn't have a team that was underperforming. Um, would have been tough to turn around, and, and a little market, and I just, I suspect we wouldn't have made much money with it, if any, and then maybe we wouldn't have had the confidence to go acquire another store. Yeah. So, so I mean, it's, Failure, it's not, what it comes down to is being willing to try. I mean, and if you're mm -hmm. not willing to, if you're not willing to try, um, then you're never like, going to. Like, you'll never be able to bench 225 no. if you don't try. No, if you don't put two wheels, or if somebody leaves you two wheels on the bench for you specifically and texts you in the morning and says, I left 225 here for you to try. We're yeah, going we, yeah. after you never know. But I did hear, like, uh, this is a bastardized JF JFK quote. And it's basically like, there is going to be risk when you try to do something new. When you try to take on a new venture, when you try to... any any Anything that involves change, there's going to be a significant amount of risk. But that risk is nothing compared to living a life by not taking risk. That's true. Amen. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's great. And I think both of you, the second question that we have, um, you both pretty much answered it, was what did you learn from that failure? And Tim, you probably wouldn't have made as much money on that, and you learned that you had to be more confidential. Mm -hmm. And and uh, and Dale, you learned that you... I, yeah, <laughs> I, I, learned, I learned the viability of time. Yeah. Uh, but more importantly, I learned about that, a little bit about that business. Right. Um, I also, I tried to start an equipment business too, from inside the gym. Oh, um, that was very short lived. Um, like you got a cell printing press. We're, we're, no. all, <laughs> <laughs> we're all looking at you like uh, really. <laughs> now for, um, I just quit my job. Yeah, so just just two years ago, I just quit my job, and this is kind of before Doc Spartan. So. Um, I was looking at ways to, you know, increase revenue, have have different streams of, of income. And I met a guy who was a, an equipment broker, uh, gym equipment broker. And so I thought, you know, we have this retail space up front. It's underutilized. You know, you can only sell so much protein and shirts and O2. Um, I thought, all right, I'm going to sell just stuff for your home gym. So we had... You remember this? I remember right when I, I'm just now thinking of this. I remember when I first started, you had barbells on the walls yeah. in the front office. This and, wasn't long ago. And, that was two years ago. And plates on the floor and yeah. kettlebells. And you had a big white shelf of all your yeah. so protein. You, it was cool. Yeah. So I had basically like, I thought, okay, well, what is some stuff you could just pick up here if you wanted to work out at home? So... It was barbells. It was bumpers. Did they end up in the gym? <laughs> <laughs> well, that goes back to what's the worst case scenario? Put them in we the just, gym. We just what's didn't the, keep them. So what's the worst case scenario? So um, 
met a guy who, you know, say, you know, this guy knows a guy who knows a guy, uh, and could you know, get this stuff wholesale to me. Well, didn't work out because I'm not a gym equipment sales guy, and it turned into way more of a pain in my ass, like, to sit there and, like, and the, the bottom line was, I, my main thing I learned from that failure was margins. Oh. Like, you're, I'm going to sell you a $300 barbell that I'm getting for 250 that I have to go purchase, mm-hmm. meet this guy in West drive to West Virginia, pick up the stuff to quote-unquote save on shipping costs, and now that those three barbells sit on my wall for six months, mm-hmm. like, is it really worth the $50 in profit to do that on something with that small, small of a margin? So that's really when I learned first thing about mar- and, and the unless really you are you know rogue who you're the manufacturer of it um, not rogue is awesome because they don't have to go through a middleman they're yeah, you know they it's are. all vertical manufacturing engineering and and, uh, and sales there so it's really kind of hard to to do that business but anyways point is like. I didn't give a shit. Like I needed, I knew I needed something mm-hmm. to to help offset the income. Tried that, didn't work. But learned about pro- profit margins. <clears throat> that lesson about profit margins then went into Doc Spartan, mm-hmm. which opened a few months later after that. Cool. So speaking of Doc Spartan, then the third question is success? Question mark. Looking at where you are now in your life, can you say that you have accomplished your goals that you have set for yourself? Or is this journey to succeed never-ending? I'd say it never ends. I hope I, hope I never get satisfied. I, we've, we've accomplished some goals, of course, but um, if you don't keep striving for something, <clears throat> I think you get complacent, and that's when you go backwards. Do you agree? Yep. We all have, in our business, we have um, projections every year, and that's what we base everything, every manager, every service manager, every new car, used car manager, every finance manager. And that's where like the Glockner gladiators came from is like you get on that page because you're at the benchmark. benchmark. So, and people you wouldn't believe and it started to resonate in my end of the business. Um, we have these gladiator trophies mm-hmm. and what it's what like, is your end of the business that's what I was gonna ask. uh parts and service so if you come in get your car serviced or come in to buy a part so our service advisors they we have um 15 service advisors so the gladiator of the month gets this trophy and it's passed from like three people but those three people now are like I'm not giving up my cup. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's cool. Speaking of like the successes, they don't they win it one month and they don't get they don't want to get complacent and, and lose that. Um, just because it's like bragging rights. But, yeah. yeah. Cool. No, I think I think the book's called Good to Great and the whole the opening thesis and it may not be this book, but there's, Go with a, it. there's a book out there. Go with it. You um, got it. It's like why does Warren Buff Warren Buffett continue to invest? What is he, 82, 83 I mean, years old? Yeah. And he's already said he's given away all his fortune to charity when he when he passes on. <clears throat> why why did Michael Jordan want to come back from retirement? Mm-hmm. Um, why, like any 
thing you can think like it basically they're not driven by money they're driven by the want and desire to win to succeed right and no matter no matter your industry or your business or your whatever like that <clears throat> that doesn't go away and and not because you know you may or may not have um, played athletics but it, it definitely helps to be competitive Right. Um, in, in, in any field that you are, not so much to the point that you're cutthroat or whatever, but like it, that desire to continually push the envelope. Yeah. And it's not always just about being mm. competitive, like with other car dealerships or other ointments or, you know, all natural products. It's being competitive within yourself and like pushing yourself to that next level, not just <laughs> trying to be better than the competition. Yeah. And I think so, that's... yeah, you, you, You'll, you should never be satisfied, mm-hmm. I don't think, because there's always, there's always ways to improve. There's always ways to do better. There's, and, and if your motivation is, you know, I, I, I can fairly be confident and say that, yeah, we, we want to run profitable businesses, but running, increasing our profit is not the reason we do it. Right. Okay, so you have to have a clear understanding of why you're doing why you want to be obsessed and consumed with being successful. And I can we're, I'm confident that both like all of us here the main reason is we want to see the town do better. Mm-hmm. So, it's, you know, it doesn't that's what's going to keep us up at night. That's why we work 7 days a week. That's why we don't take days off um, because we it's on us to, to turn the ship around and make it better. And, and the way you do that is through commerce. I think if dad were, we had our dad last week and he would say he like, what gets him going is, is seeing other people succeed too. It's really, mm-hmm. you're kind of just talking about seeing this, the town succeed. But, uh, once you have what you, what you need, at least we all have wants, we want more, but after you have the, the necessities of life, you can pay your bills and you've got what you, what you need. Um, if you can help other people succeed, especially if they're on your team, mm-hmm. and if, if you line their interests with your own, and they have incentivized pay plans, and you help them get what they want, you'll get what you want. Yeah. And uh, Dad told me that when I was young several times, and I always thought that ah, sounds great, Dad. You know, I wasn't really buying into it, but I, I get what he means now. Mm-hmm. You know, business is the ultimate team-based sport. You know, we're it, it, there's very rare times. That you're a sole proprietor and it's really just you. Um, I it's very rare. Like business is the ultimate team-based sport, and uh, you can only get there with other folks around you. Now the the question was like, what was the what was the, all the question? I can't. The question was, looking at where you are now in your life, can you say that you have accomplished your goals that you've set for yourself, or is the journey to succeed never ending? Yeah. Go and when you set those goals and you achieve them. Celebrate them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Celebrate the hell out of them, um, and then two days later, move on. Get set to your next goal. Yeah. Don't get in, that. That's the that's a double edged sword. Is like when is enough enough? You know, and if you're constantly consumed by getting there and going to the next one and going to the next one, going, you're gonna you're not gonna enjoy the ride along the way. So you got to be really careful about being like, you know, having. Balance and family and 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 all and friends and stuff like that. Because before you know it, ten years goes by and your kid's in the fifth grade and you didn't spend time watching them. 
grow up. Right. So that's a good point and a good segue into our uh, last question this morning. Um, consider your role of work, life, and Christ balance in defining success and the choices we make with available time. Consider the role of work, life, Christ balance in defining success and the choices we make with available time. I remember Papa always, our grandfather always saying a few things. Like, he, he worked so hard, but he also played real hard. Um, but he he talked about a family that prays together, stays together. And that was, like, one thing that, like, definitely still sticks with us. And finding that work-life family balance and, and Christ, and Christ should be first. Um, but... It's, it's definitely stuck with, with me, um, but I try to go to daily Mass and Sunday Mass for sure um, and pray with my three-year-old daughter every night, which is very comical. I can't wait till you get to pray, like, thank you, Jesus, for, and it's just like the, the things that she did throughout the day, and it's, it's so, it's, I think that's Christ's way of showing us, like, bringing us back down to reality like mm-hmm. it's the small things like we grind it every day and we try so hard every day and we might get mad at you know this or that because it didn't go mm-hmm. a certain mm-hmm. way but i think they our kids definitely humble us to a certain extent and they bring us back down to reality yeah i think it's good and it shows in in your family too you're a family-owned business and you all get along and you know you're all still family like so many times with that type of business you go to work and then you all go your separate ways you know and you guys work out together you know your kids play together you go on trips together and i think that that you can see that balance and you're all active in the in your church and and i think that's awesome yeah and i think it depends on you you are not going to be balanced depending on what's going on what your priority is at that point in your life. So you're saying you have to make time. You have to make time, but there's going to be times like, you know, there's 24 hours in a day. Mm-hmm. So you can't get 28. You can't get 32. There's only, there's only 24. Um, in, in the, you know, God, family, work, friends, you know, if you believe in God, um, or a higher power or, or whatever that is, obviously, it's different for everybody, but hopefully that never is not the number one. Mm-hmm. Now, if you have, if you take an honest reflection of yourself, you know, if you ask you when you're 21, uh, right. being a wild maniac in college, is God the priority right now? You know, if you have an honest answer, it may not be, it may not be yes. But uh, God, your your true higher purpose that God gives you should always be there. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's important to understand understand your purpose on this world. Now, fulfilling that purpose is the mechanism to get there. Um, and there's going to be times where you just have to have that honest conversation with like, listen, this is what I have going on right now. I need you to take care of the kids mm-hmm. for the next two weeks. Right. Because I've, I'm, I'm sorry. It's not if I was a... This is, I'm just speaking from my own personal experience. I'm not saying this is the way, this mm-hmm. is just, this is just how I deal with it. Like, I'm not going to be available 
I'm not going to be around. I'm going to be working very long hours, but this is why. Mm-hmm. I've got this deadline coming up. I'm, I'm rehearsing to go on Shark Tank. Um, um, we have uh, we have the gauntlet competition coming up, mm-hmm. and there's like three things in a row that were just all happening right there. And it's just like, I need you. When this is done, now the balance shifts. Mm-hmm. When this is done, I'm not going to answer my phone at home. I'm going to take two weeks vacation or I'm going to do whatever. But mm-hmm. to sit there, and I think it's a falsehood to say you're going to have perfect balance every day. Right. Like you're going to be home by five o'clock every day to, to play with the kids and tuck them in. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just doesn't, it doesn't happen to what I can see mm-hmm. in, uh, if you own your own business. Did you know the uh, Hebrew word for work and worship are the same word? So I think that God knew that we we're going to spend a majority of our time working. And that's how I I read that somewhere years ago. And, and that's how I try to find balance with my work life is that that's, that's the way you can worship God. Is use the, the talents that he gave you and the opportunities to serve other people. Um, but then the family... Balancing families, the thing you're alluding to there. And uh, one thing I've got to work on is putting down the phone at night. Like oh, I never yeah. just my mind, my business mind never shuts off. And uh, it's not you. I think it's it's us in general and and the way that the world is. But you're right. It's we're consumed by mm-hmm. whatever it is. If and it's so easy. It is. It's right there. I mean, it's literally in the palm of your hand. Your business is in the palm of your hand. All right. Andy, if you're listening, pack your bags because we're going on a rant on on the journey. But, you know, work and worship's the same. So I would argue that if you're not doing what God is intending you to do, that's why why some things are misaligned in your life. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you're sitting at a a job where you just literally, like, when four o'clock comes rolling around on Sunday and you get that feeling in your stomach, like you're sick yet. I got to go to work Monday morning. Like I felt it. I had it all the time. Like this, that's a common, like if you're feeling that, like there, that's telling you something that's not aligned in your life right now, professionally. Like, cause if you, if you're following that path, that that God's giving you unique and special talents, and you're not expressing those. And before you do it, you wake up, you're 65, and you wonder what the hell happened to your mm-hmm. life. Yeah, you know I mean, if you're happy professionally and you're fulfilled, um, it, to me, everything else kind of falls falls in place. Good, Jim Box Joe. Anything? You're awful quiet this morning. I got one last just. Tidbit. So as we're sitting here talking about um, work life, Christ, everything, I remember a homily that one of the deacons of our church gave, and it's it's super simple and it's joy. You think of the joys of life, you know, whatever it may be. Is it the gym? Is it your kids? Whatever. But if you really break down those three letters in that in that word, it's J O Y. Jesus is first. O is others. And why is yourself? If you put yourself first and put Jesus and others ahead of you, you'll have a, a much better life. 
That's a very good point. Nice, Butch. Butch. Three-pointer at the buzzer. <laughs> <laughs> buzzer beater. All right, well, thank you for the questions. There will be a second part to this podcast, so keep sending those in to glockanddoc at gmail.com. Hopefully and by the second part, Tim will have benched 225. <laughs> we'll see. Don't hold your breath. All right, thanks, guys, for listening. Make a little Don't need no spotlight to shine on me. What I got, I didn't get for free. I broke my back and skinned my knees. Working hard just to stay alive. I don't need much, just enough to survive. Make a dollar Trying to make a dollar